You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I'm going to do a slightly controversial podcast. Controversial in the sense that if you, like me, or find Trump abhorrent and can't and pray to God above that uh, he loses in November so that we can move on from this nightmare. This podcast subject matter is probably not something that you've thought about too much in the last four years and probably not something that necessarily even needs to be said. But I guess I just wanted to stay ahead of this curve and make this point because it came to me and I think it's relevant, which is I'm a little concerned about the media going forward. Now, we all know that uh, over the past four years, they've taken way too many hits. Their credibility has been assailed at all turns by Trump and his minions. Uh, They've been called the enemy of the people. And our greatest uh, journalistic institutions have been regularly, systematically attacked by him as fake news and garbage and so on, meaning the Washington Post, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, CNN. I mean, all believed to be uh, very credible and reputable uh, institutions of journalism and the places to get your information if you want the truth and you want great journalism, including CNN. I mean, uh, they had their, their detractors, but I mean, don't forget, Ted Turner was a Republican and he st- when he started that network. Uh, Jane Fonda came under a lot of heat for being involved with him because she was so liberal and he came under heat being involved with her. With her liberal in her past anyway and um the wall street journal is still widely regarded to be a rather conservative newspaper read by republicans slash businessmen concerned about you know their financial fortunes etc so it's pretty amazing that during the reign of trump such institutions even those that have conservative leanings are used to be considered that way, have been treated as if they're all just a Democrat propaganda rag. And look, the Bernie supporters aren't getting off the hook here. The way they treated the media, mainstream media, becoming this buzzword, uh, MSM, MSM, mainstream media, like it's some evil deep state conglomerate, you know, uh, the Bernie bros and the Bernie supporters, uh, when they were anti-Hillary, um, didn't like the treatment they were getting by some of the MSM. And so they, uh, and they bought into the bots and the Russian garbage being spewed, the lies being spewed by the Russians on Facebook, et cetera. And they used it. And uh, it became this sort of an under... And this all came about at the same time as ISIS. You know, you have to remember, our country was being assailed by foreign entities. They were going after young... Uh, susceptible minds who naturally, as we all did when we were younger, unless we were raised by real strong conservatives uh, in a real tight religious family or the like, uh, most of us, you know, as we're young, we develop some rebellious thoughts, anti-institutional thoughts, you know, anti-government, anti-whatever. It's very normal. Uh, to begin to think, you know, why? Because you don't like going to school, for example, and you don't like the regimented requirement that you get up every day 
uh, make yourself go out into the world for something that's so boring and stupid, seemingly, because most of it is, let's be honest. The educational system in this country is pretty poor. There's very little that you actually learn. I mean, but you got to go learn it. You've got to go. Some of it, you pick up some good things at school. There's no question. And the number one thing you pick up is how to integrate yourself with society and how to get up and go to work every day, basically. The ritual of forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do. That's the number one thing the school system teaches you in America. But I digress. The point is that when you're going through that as a young person, you, your natural inclination is to rebel and to say, why do I have to do this? This is wrong. And you start to challenge authority. Plus, we all had a dickhead teacher or two, usually the gym teacher, especially if, if you're a guy, which Morrissey so wonderfully wrote about in Headmaster Ritual for the Smiths, that song, brilliant song. Probably my favorite Smith song, I think, of all time. Well, Asleep is my favorite, but that's right up there. Headmaster Ritual. You know, the, the, when he takes on the gym class and the gym teacher and all that in that song. But you're going through that as a young person, women, men, it doesn't matter your gender, and you question authority and you challenge it, so that's normal. So you've got young people, okay, college institutions are famous for their you know, liberalism, et cetera. I mean, they even call, right? Now it's like a buzzword for evil, liberal arts. When you study, you know, sociology and philosophy and literature, those are the liberal arts. Well, liberal, my God, they must be wrong then, right? In today's culture, if it's a liberal arts, it must be a democratic art, which means it's an enemy of the state. Anyway, um, The point is, it's those people were vulnerable to be attacked by foreign entities. Those mindsets, especially the ones that didn't graduate high school, didn't go to college, you know, didn't even have those institutions of higher education that they were enjoying and partying in. Uh, they were the ones most susceptible to thoughts about, you know, your government is the reason you don't have enough money. Your government is the reason you didn't get enough education. Your government gave you shit schooling. You know, now... You know, you can't even go to college and it's all, you You know, it's think of the made you dislike your own country. Now, it's easy to dislike the country with Trump in charge and you should in terms of the administration. But I'm talking about something that goes deeper to the core. And so at that very time with with a new uh, generation of vulnerable young men and women growing up. Uh, in, a, in a society that sort of they're slipping through the cracks, people like ISIS, people like the Russians stepped into that and fed their mind with anti-government stuff, yes, but also anti-media stuff, anti-what you're hearing, anti-truth, anti-fact. And you had a lot of people thinking there is no such thing as, you know, journalism, that there is no art to it, that there is no credibility to it, and that um, the only thing that you find is uh, whatever you speaks to what you believe. In other words, you search and whatever link says something you believe already or says something shocking or something that maybe you might want to believe, um, jump on board and that's the truth. That's your new truth. So that's what we saw a big wave of uh, with, with Bernie, uh, anti-Hillary because she was more establishment there was a lot of lies and crap that the Republicans had pushed against her over the years. And the new wave of Russians and slash Bernie supporters just picked up that mantle and ran with it. 
And that became the new truth, which is whatever we say that we want to believe because we want Bernie to win, et cetera. And that was just handed on to Trump when he ended up being the Republican nominee. And they picked up the same slack that the Bernie bros and the Russians had pushed on, and they just used it against Hillary in the general election. And it's continued now, four years later. Flash forward four years. So you're seeing a giant wave of there is no truth other than what tells you what you already believed. That's the truth. What feeds into your fears of, of the worst case scenario. That's the truth. You know, what is written from your perspective to support you and your position wherever you are in life. That's the truth. And that's what Trump is. He simply says what he knows people want to hear. And that's the truth. And they believe it because that's how they've been raised over this past period of time here, which is these institutions that were journalistic institutions, they've just been torn down like they're garbage and they have no credibility. And therefore, it's a free for all to what the truth is. So what I'm saying all this for is to say in that context, you don't want to rip on the media with all the MSM crap out there and all the unjustified, insane, over-the-top criticisms of the media, which, by the way, let me just state this very clearly, are very reputable institutions that do their work and still have standards. Even my father, in his 80s, doesn't really believe in the media anymore. He thinks that the because of Twitter and the Internet and the instantaneousness of news, which he doesn't use mostly, so he's not even – he doesn't even – he's stating a truth, truism to himself without validating it. He's doing a Trumpian thing. He's doing a Bernie bros thing, which is he's asserting that it's just a race to whoever gets there first because of the nature of the media today and Twitter, et cetera, so that the needing two sources to verify before you publish rule is not even followed anymore, et cetera, et cetera. But he's wrong. You know, he doesn't use Twitter. He doesn't understand that um, to the extent that happens, which it does, and to the extent even some good publications and worthy reporters step in it from time to time due to their desire to get there first. It does happen to the extent that it happens. It is always found out and it is always quickly rebuked and shamed. And what my father doesn't understand because he doesn't use the media enough, but what any sports fan certainly understands uh, and any political uh, uh, person understands, someone who's involved in politics and uses Twitter, for example, understands is that there's a good and bad that comes with public shaming. And we saw the bad with the Me Too movement. It just became a wave that was a vigilante group and was out of control. And people started to just go over the top with it. And it was quite disgusting. Now, they achieved a good purpose. They're continuing to achieve a good purpose. But you could see anybody with eyes who wasn't sexist could see clearly that the Me Too movement you know, was doing more harm than good for a while there. It was out of control. You saw the bad wave of public shaming. Uh, to the point where it went over the top. However, it also works the other way, which is to say when a journalist gets caught asserting something in an article and it's rebuked credibly as false, he's publicly shamed or she's publicly shamed. And uh, that form of shaming and criticism is very powerful. So as much as there's a temptation to get there first and to report news first, there's also a legitimate fear and caution of being wrong 
more than ever before. Now, you might say, well, there was always a fear you couldn't put it in print and publish it in a newspaper unless it was fully verified because that goes to print and you can't take it back. A tweet can just be deleted. That is true, but it isn't really because if you are writing for the New York Times, Washington Post, or any big publication, the moment you, you have hundreds of thousands of followers or at least thousands of followers and the moment you publish a tweet, even if you delete it, it's there forever and someone will find it and someone has a copy and they're going to repost it. Look at Trump. Look what he gets stuck back in his face every day, every time he contradicts himself again and again and again, lies again and again and again. All his old tweets make him look like the fool that he is. Well, the same happens to these journalists. So there is no easy retreat, even on Twitter. And uh, the number of people, you might instantaneously report news and isn't that a great thing, but People instantaneously read it, too, and see it and will hold you to it. Unlike a newspaper where, you know, it has to drop on their mat, they have to pick it up, they have to read it, and you can come out and maybe retract it before so many people read it. Well, the tweet is gone. It's done. You can't retract it. I mean, you could delete it, but it's out there, and it's, it's immediate. So the shame of, of, of fucking up is great. So what my dad doesn't understand is I do believe that although there is definitely a greater risk of journalism being faulty and there being some uh, fake news reports based upon uh, sensationalism or the desire to get there first, there's also the other side of the coin, which is a very strong and quick rebuke of any mistakes in that regard. And I think that that helps balance it out. And long story short, I still fully believe in the credibility of our journalistic institutions. And uh, they are very much doing their job. And they are very much uh, still getting to the truth. And there are still excellent reporters in this country. And I still very much believe in the institutions that have been proven to be true. I still believe in vetting any news source. I don't believe that any link on the internet should be cited as if it's valid. I think every, before you, you could Google something and find out a bit of information, but before you go and share it with anyone, anyone. You better look and see what that dot com is named and search its background and who created that site and where that comes from. Because the bent, the leanings, the slant of a given news source that is not vetted uh, needs to be known before you go sharing the supposed facts that are reported there. Since you can't determine whether or not they got the necessary two sources verifying what they've said, just by reading any piece of work, the only way you can verify the credibility of anything you see on a Google search is by looking into the source of that, the site that you found it on, and, um, and finding out the makeup of the creators of that site, and uh, maybe their political leanings, and maybe their, where their money comes from, and things like that. So before you go spreading any piece of supposed news that you find on the internet, that maybe tells you something you want to hear, you should look more into the financial backing of it. Now, people say that about the Washington Post. They say since Jeff Bezos is the owner and since he, you know, is is more liberal leanings and definitely is Trump hates him, so he would have anti-Trump leanings because of Trump's attacks on him, if nothing else. Um, that's why the newspaper publishes negative stories about Trump. That's all crap. Why? Because when you look at 
the networks, okay, well, I'm talking NBC, CBS, ABC, not Fox, because Fox came later. Fox became what their owners wanted to make it. Whereas the major television networks that existed before cable television. See, if you're young, you need to listen to this and understand. ABC, NBC, CBS, long-standing histories. Back into the days of Dwight Eisenhower, Republican, you know, back into the, you know, back in the era of businesses being conservative. <laughs> so broadcast broadcasting companies were started generally by conservative people. Because they had the money because they were businessmen. And conservative meant, don't tax me, don't take my money back then. And then there were social conservative issues as well. But it wasn't as divided. and There wasn't this truth and falsity. There wasn't this idea that the facts and journalism and reporting were up for debate. It was understood that there was something to find out called the truth. And it didn't matter uh, if you were Republican or Democrat, the truth was the truth. And so when we started these television networks and these, these longstanding newspapers, I mean, every person understood that their particular political leaning, whatever it might be, and the owners understood, the owners of these established broadcasting networks and newspapers understood their particular political leanings necessarily had to stay out of the process of a search for the truth and writing about it. And every good student of journalism, and, and make no mistake, there are journalism schools like Northwestern and Syracuse and that, that, that teach journalism as an art, as a skill, as a science, as a practice. And, you know, verification and validation of information and writing a, a voice that is objective. And these are tools of the trade. And... So they understand as journalisms, if you, go, if you go to school for it, if you're going to work in that field, not some blogger on the internet, not some idiot just spouting off his opinions like me. <laughs> I never pretend to be a journalism. And this is a biased blog. These are my thoughts and opinions. If you don't like a guy that has opinions and is talking about them, like Rush Limbaugh, like, you know, those guys, then don't listen to that type of thing. Don't listen to Chancellor Pink. But, you know, this is very different than broadcasting on ABC, the nightly news, or writing an article for the New York Times, unless it's an editorial. There is a distinction between editorial, where it's opinion, and the author expressly states, and the newspaper says, these are not our opinions. These are the opinions of the author only in the editorial section. See, do people even understand these distinctions anymore? I don't think so. I don't think young people today in particular understand them anymore. I don't think they believe them. Yeah, yeah, come on. You can't take your bias out of anything. Well, that's not true. That's simply not true. That's a lie. That's, that's fake news. The reality is you can take your bias out of reporting. You can take your bias out of anything you write. You can discover information that you don't like and report it because it's the truth, even though you don't like it, even if it takes down your guy you're Democrat or you're Republican. If it's the truth, it's the truth and you report it. You can do that. It, it, it can actually be done. How about that? Human beings can be objective, especially if they're a journalist. That's what they're required to be. That's their art. That's their specialty. What's their talent? To write well objectively about what? 
facts that they discover and verify. That's what they do. Editorialists do the other stuff. Radio talk hosts do the other stuff. ABC News, CBS News, NBC News, and yes, CNN objectively report facts that they discover through journalistic techniques. And those same outlets post the same on Twitter. And so do the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal, etc. Now we've reached a place in our culture where some of our television networks and some of our newspapers have been bought up by people who want to slant the news their way because they believe for years they've said the liberal news media, the liberal news media. And now you think about that. Why for years did the Republicans take on NBC, CBS, and all the news media as liberal? Because the art of being a journalist is a search for the truth. The art of a search for the truth is a thought process that maybe something's going on below the surface. But more importantly, the search for the truth is to challenge authority. Politicians want you to believe what they tell you. You want to look below the surface and find out something else. It's a liberal instinct to doubt, to question, to challenge conservatives trust and believe and want to keep things the same. They want to conserve things as they exist. A liberal believes many things can coexist at once. Therefore, they believe there are alternatives and other underlying issues there that were not being shown that the people have a right to see. So it is true that the art of digging for truth is in and of itself more of a liberal practice. Hence, it's one of the liberal arts. The study of philosophy, alternative perspectives, rationalizing, reasoning through things in a way that challenges what we might otherwise believe. These are liberal arts. So that's what a journalist does. So the Republicans said the liberal media because... At its core, that a, a journalist is liberal. But that doesn't mean his political bent is shading his discovery and reporting of the truth. And that's why as much as a lot of Republicans would bitch and moan about the media, they respected them because they knew that in the end they were doing their job and they were doing it pretty damn good. And just because they wanted them to shut up because they didn't want the truth getting out, didn't mean that the truth was just a democratic lie. They knew that. They respected that. You have presidents like George W. Bush saying that to this day. So we're not talking about 50 years ago. We're talking about 10 years ago. We're talking about 12 years ago when Republicans in the presidency and others and all. We're talking about yesterday, but we're talking about pre-Trump when even Lindsey Graham had greater respect and treated the media with greater respect. So we're talking about... We're talking about just recently in American history when although they, you know, understood that the media in and of itself is a liberal art, they never would have the balls to accuse a, a specific network or reporter of being slanted entirely to the Democratic Party. Other than MSNBC, which was created 
to be that to counter Fox News. So what we have in Fox News, that started up first, its own monster, creation of a media outlet designed to slant things to the right, and they created MSNBC to, to counterbalance that. And I'm glad they did, because we need a counterbalance to that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, slant to our news. But the question is, MSNBC is still a branch of NBC, which is objective, and nobody can challenge it. And if they do, they're wrong. And don't let them tell you that it's not objective or doesn't try to be 100% objective. They do try to be. And so MSNBC is a branch of that same company. So even their version of slanted more to counter Fox is still more objective than Fox because they are of the brethren of journalism, first and foremost, whereas Fox is of the brethren of propaganda, first and foremost. That's what they went to. So once you understand the distinction between why was a news source created, whether it's a blog online, a radio show, a purported news station like Fox, or a purported journalistic piece of, you know, a rag that is really just created to hold the torch for a certain political leaning. Once you understand that, then you can assess its credibility. You want to go with something you view as more objective. All of us should want that. All of us should be hungry for the truth and want the best source of journalism that there is, meaning the most objective that there is. That's what we should be looking for in what in the news that we read and the news that we watch on television and what we see on the internet we should be looking for a fair balance of the truth and look for objectivity and journalism at its at its core as much as possible so here i am however however long into this uh, into this podcast and i'm now going to get to the controversial point that was just all backdrop and i'll try to make the controversial point quick um it's it's about the fact that I think we might have an issue with the media right now. <laughs> I just defended it, but now I want to have a, a caution, get ahead of the curve. I do think – listen, I watch MSNBC. I just said you want to watch what's objective, but I, I like full-time news. And CNN I watch too, but I watch MSNBC because I like the uh, – the battling of Trump. And um, when we were at war, the Iraqi war uh, that was unnecessary and that was waged on false pretenses of weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist uh, and was really waged over oil and a battle for oil. I mean, I, I know that to be a fact. So I, I watched the network that was trying to pull down uh, George W. Bush's underwear on public television because I, I was upset about this war. And I got into it then and stayed into it once Obama ran for president because I was excited about him and loved him, as did the nation, by the way. He won convincingly eight years because the nation as a whole was excited about Barack Obama. So I think it's funny that this joker we have in office now thinks that he can tear down Obama as if the nation as a whole hated Obama when they obviously didn't. But uh, so I stayed with MSNBC because of the political nature, the intelligence of their reporters. You know, they have great schooling backgrounds, the hipness. I just felt like I found I wanted to like move to New York and and or D.C. and hang out with all those people. I just thought they were so sharp, you know, and Obama was so exciting. And 
the edge he was giving to the country was so exciting. So that's why I've stayed with. And then when Trump comes along, you've got to stay with the other side just to maintain your sanity. Because, be, but here's the thing. Okay, here's my point. When Trump came along, MSNBC still tried to be objective. They had Republicans on their shows supporting him, trying to argue on his behalf. And it just became pathetic because he was such a liar that even the Republicans, and they hired many of them, who, who would occasionally come on and try to state the Republican perspective, they've all thrown their hands up in the air now. And now they're all anti-Trumpers because you have to be if you're sane and if you're an American. You just have to see the craziness that's gone on here and you, you have to realize that all of the, the political sanity that we've had in this country for years and years and years, it's, it's gone right now. So you've got people like Michael Steele and, you know, and, 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 and so on and so forth that they have on and who now are not, they're not speaking from a perspective of the Republicans. They're just speaking like sane Americans and it's all anti-Trump. <laughs> and it's all, most of them turned Democrat in the midst of these four years. Or, or at least they're going to vote Democratic in the election in the fall. But here's the problem I've seen. Yes, they tried to be objective even with Trump. But it was it, – it, the, the issues became – I mean, you know, children in, in, in cages, you know. I mean, I mean um, Trump saying both sides have good people when, when you know, the one side is, is – Right supremacist, well, white supremacists and right wing fascists that 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 and and, and actually murdered a, a a protester that very weekend, and and yet he's trying to equate them to people protesting against hatred, um, and saying they're just as good. They have a valid point of view. I mean, some so when those types of issues now with this disease and the way he's bungled this, uh, or the way he tried to get dirt on Biden from Ukraine before he would give them money that Congress had already authorized to be given to them. I mean, these are abhorrent offenses, all of them that I just mentioned. So there is no way to objectively analyze it and talk about the other side. There is no other side. There's right and wrong. There's a, a dominant psychopath in charge doing things that are just flat out wrong. Now, it didn't stop the Senate from uh, not impeaching him, even though they should have. It didn't stop uh, people like Lindsey Graham and that from defending him and going psycho on the other, swinging way, way radically against him, mainly because of what happened to his boy Kavanaugh, the fact that they they brought out a wonderfully credible witness to prove that he shouldn't have been on the court, and that just infuriated, that infuriated uh, Lindsey Graham. Um, so, I mean... They still showed themselves to be the cowards and or evil guys that they are. A lot of the, a lot of the right wingers during this presidency, it's been a disgrace. But but the network stopped the 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 attempt to be objective in terms of looking at it from a Republican perspective. It just stopped. Now I don't know what CNN has done because it got it has gotten so ugly. It's gotten so ugly I can't even watch any network that tries to be objective anymore. I need to just watch the anti-Trump network, which is what MSNBC has become. Because, you know, it's just so obvious that he needs to go and he's such a travesty that you just have to jump on board and, and go with that. But, so, and I think that's right. I think we all, I think if you're a, 
an upstanding American, a, a reasonable person, a, a somewhat intellectual who, who, who enjoys reading, enjoys understanding how things work, who's politically motivated and understands politics at all. I think you have to be anti-Trump right now. I just think you do. I just think that any of those qualities don't equate with supporting Trump at all. So I don't think I think we all should be watching him. And I think the whole country should be watching MSNBC right now just because it's we should all just be trying to defeat him. And anybody that's that should be an American anymore should be watching MSNBC and be trying to defeat Trump. And if you're not, you should leave our country. That's what I believe. I'm sorry. I believe that 100 percent. I don't believe in making room for people who believe Trump in Trump because Trump has become just everything that is bad about a political leader. And politics. Trump has become us and them, good guy, bad guy, white, black, white hat, black hat. That's all he talks. So he leaves you no choice but to say, I'll take the white hat, thank you. You know, if, you, if you're making it Republican and Democrat and you won't stop that kind of talk, I'll take Democrat, thank you. I mean, he leaves you no choice but to choose a side. You can't stay on the fence with Trump. If you stay on the f- Trump, you're with him. It's like staying on the fence with the extermination of Jews during the Holocaust. If if you think there's a perspective that is understandable about this Trump presidency now, and I don't mean each issue. There are certain issues that are you could be on his side. You could you could still be neutral in certain cases. But I'm talking about the whole body of work now. I'm talking about everything he's made clear to us over this long tenure of his disgraceful presidency. Now there is zero way for anybody who's rational, reasonable, sane, and a good American to do anything but side against Trump now. The record is way, way, way too strong with way too many catastrophic and obnoxious statements and actions by him and his people. And look at the administration. It's been a revolving door and so many people that worked for him now speak against him. The evidence is clear, thankfully, due to the media outing all of this reality, we see clear-cut specific evidence of people who were with him, who now despise him. And all the actions that he took being, in so many cases, awful. And the words that he's committing to celluloid <laughs> today, to live airways, the, t- the power of the presidency is total, the authority is total. And things like this, when he gets angry, and you see him react with absurd, idiotic statements out of anger, this is your president? This is you want running things? Someone who can't even collect himself to make an intellectual statement and have a discussion with a reporter who's just asking questions that he might not like the answers or the, he might not like the subject matter, but let the guy ask the or woman ask the question. Let the woman, especially, finish the damn question before you interrupt her and disgrace her because you're a misogynist. I mean, clearly he's a misogynist. We all know this. You can see it from every move he makes, including his grabbing them by the pussy the lack of respect he has for women. I mean, these are just, these are incontrovertible facts. So his administration has put up enough of those and he himself has put his foot in his mouth enough times and said enough awful things that there's no way around it. You can't support Trump anymore and know a thing about politics or common decency even, to be quite honest. So I say we all should be watching MSNBC. But here, look, I know I've gone on and on again. Let me get to the point. I think that MSNBC now doesn't have enough objective journalism. I think they spend too much of their time taking on Trump. I don't think they have enough disagreement. Look, 
we all disagree about, I don't know, what kind of car to buy or, or what kind of meat's the best kind of meat to eat or should you eat all vegetables? You know, we can't agree on our diets. We can't agree in, within a, some, one family about what television show to watch at a particular time. People fight over the remote control. The point is arguing and disagreeing on, on, on a, any number of topics is part of being human. Yet if you turn on MSNBC, they could have on a panel of three, four people, and none of them are disagreeing with each other. They're just taking turns piling on. One after the other after the other, they're anti-Trump, and they're talking about the lack of testing with the virus and the lack of PPE, and everybody's agreeing, and nobody's saying, well, in Pennsylvania, in, the, in Allegheny County, they've actually had enough testing, and nobody, I, I'm unaware of anybody on the western half of this giant state, a state that's fifth in the country right now, Oh, we just dropped the six again. California just passed us by. I'm just looking on TV. <laughs> we keep going between five and six, Pennsylvania. Sixth in the country right now in the most cases, Pennsylvania. In that state, yes, they have, they're, they're having a problem with getting some testing in some of the areas on the eastern half. And there are issues regarding PPE now because we have a lot of stuff going on. But not in the other half of the state. Not in our half. It's a big state. And... Uh, the claim that Pennsylvania doesn't have enough is just not true as a whole. And the worries, I've had a lot of people like my sister and others I've known worrying about the validity of the testing numbers here in Allegheny County, the validity, the availability of the testing. It's not an issue here. I've looked into it. It's not an issue here. So when you turn on MSNBC and everybody's in agreement, that the testing has been a fiasco and it, we, nothing's been enough and it's all a disaster. Well, I guarantee you it, that's not true in a number of states on the whole throughout the country. And it isn't even true in the western portion of one of the states where it is true, you see. So the point I'm trying to make is in the midst of this chaos and in the midst of Trump being a disaster um, when handling the biggest disaster America's faced in 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 it maybe 100 years, or at least 80 since the Great Depression, um, or 100, I guess it is 100 since the Great Depression, pretty much. <laughs> um, in the midst of this truth that this is a, a disaster and he's handled it disastrously, there's also room for disagreement still. There's room for debate. There still remains room for journalistic integrity to dig out truths that while not necessarily supporting what Trump might have said or done, uh, shows alternative perspectives that are at least out there. Here's another example I want to bring up. Uh, I noticed in the early days, okay, of the Trump presidency, uh, sort of a split in our culture. If you went on YouTube, you, start, you, you saw some sites and people talking about things you weren't even aware of if you were watching ABC, NBC, CBS or if you're reading the New York Times. Case in point is Antifa, you know. You weren't aware who's Antifa? What is what is this? You know, this is a this is a group that works hard to to stage protests for liberal causes. And you wonder why there are these organized protests in different areas of the country all the time. It's not just because Joe Blow and his and his sister who live in that area just said, let's go get some signs and march. It's because there's an organization 
that has offices in various areas of the country who, 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 who do these things as part of their livelihood and people get involved in it in order to keep the pedal to the metal with respect to pushing for certain liberal issues. Well, they don't talk about that on the network news and they don't talk about that in the newspapers because it's not a terrorist group. But the Republicans, when Trump got in charge, were starting to make accusations that they were being violent and they were basically a terrorist group because they're afraid of it because it, this, is, this is a group of protesters that don't protest things they, that they support, you know. So the Republicans don't like Antifa, so they don't, they don't want it, you know. So. But I didn't know about them until I looked on YouTube. And when the events in uh, Charleston happened and the woman was killed, it came to the forefront, but I turned on MSNBC and they were clueless about the fact that some of those protesters were shipped in to protest and they were clueless to the existence of that organization on behalf of liberals and they were looking at it as just Joe Blow next door, got his friends together and they marched with some signs and then this horrible hate group shipped in from out of town and, and just killed them, you know, kind of thing. And so... What I'm saying is if you don't keep your eyes open to the counterculture and to the news that exists from the other side, you won't necessarily be getting the whole story. You won't know about Antifa. So I'm saying at the end of the day, you still want MSNBC and certainly the networks that are supposed to be more objective, like NBC, their sister, their, their mother, their father ship or whatever – and all of the newspapers, you want them to constantly be looking for the other side as well and reporting news. Now, you don't want them reporting the lies that are created by the other side. You don't want them reporting things like, you know, the coronavirus was created by the 5G network. You don't want them reporting things like, you know, this pizza shop has a pedophile ring in it. You don't want them reporting things, you know, that are that are just created as lies out of hatred by, by, the, by the fanatics on the right. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying give a voice to or credibility to that kind of crazy shit. But I'm saying to pretend like your side doesn't still do things wrong. The reason I always used to like Bill Maher, I'm not a big fan anymore. He's worn on me. But was because even though he was himself liberal and a Democrat, he was would rag on a lot of Democratic ideals. He still does. He still likes to talk about how we're too politically correct now and too sensitive so that you can't have any freedom of speech anymore without offending someone. And I agree with him there, by the way. But I do think uh, that we can take things too far. And I think the Me Too movement, like I said, went too far online. And I think he spoke out about that. He's been called a misogynist because he spoke out about that. I'm sure, you know, it's, that's what I'm saying. You can't even speak out objectively against the left side a little bit without being labeled something by the left. If you speak out at all against me too, you must be hiding something. You must be a misogynist. If you speak out at all against Joe Biden, you must be, you know, pro socialism and a Bernie bro or something, you know, there's, there's far too much quick labeling if you disagree with the left now. And I think that what Trump has helped create is a is this sort of justification for a lack of objectivity in the media. And I'm worried about it. 
And that's my point that I wanted to make. And I know it took me a long time to get there, but look, it's very important, very important to support the media and the objectivity of same before you go criticizing it. Because there's a big difference between what Trump has been doing, calling all of these very reputable, vetted, excellent news sources, fake news, and trying to rip them down. And what I'm doing right now, which is trying, which is saying, be wary, New York Times, Washington Post, be wary, uh, ABC, NBC, CNN, and yes, even MSNBC, even though I understand that you are a democratic site, and you always will be, and you are a counter to Fox News. But don't allow the Trump presidency to cause you to shift so far left that you can no longer again have a disagreement on a show. If you're going to present a television show, there should be some points and counterpoints. You should have some of your talking heads disagreeing. The fact that we're all in agreement is because you got a president that's so clearly wrong that there is no room for disagreement, as I said. You can't be on the fence with this guy. And anybody on his side is really not an American because they don't really believe in freedom and they don't believe in rational thought and they don't believe in goodness and they don't believe in common decency. You can't be on Trump's side and believe in those things. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's self-interested. He does everything for himself. He's self-interested. He's a liar. Did I mention he doesn't tell the truth? You can't support a man like that. Certainly not in the presidency, but you shouldn't support people like that. If it was your baker... You should get your cake somewhere else, okay? So there is no room for disagreement on Trump. And so therefore, there is no disagreement on MSNBC. And the reporting that comes out of the Washington Post and the New York Times, et cetera, seems to all be anti-Trump because that's the truth. But be wary, New York Times, be wary, MSNBC, that we still want the truth. Even left-leaning Democratic people like myself We want the truth. I still want to see the other side. I want to know about Antifa. I want to know about the stories that are being told. And I want want them to be looked into. I want to make sure they're false. I want to make sure it's bullshit. You don't have to report it unless you're reporting that you've looked into it and it's bullshit. Or you're reporting that you looked into it and there's some truth to it. Then I want that reported even if it was a story that started on Fox News. And I and I, I do want objectivity. Now, not with respect to Trump, because a man like that doesn't deserve anybody touting him ever. He needs buried. He needs taken out of the picture. He needs this ended. We need, we need this misery to stop. So I don't mind the lack of objectivity when it comes to Trump. As I said, there is no choice in the matter anymore. He has left us no choice. But... Please don't change as a network. Please, journalists, don't change your practices as journalists. Please remember that this isn't about taking a position. This is about reporting the news. This isn't about how you slant it. And it's not about all of you getting along like chummy buddies as journalists either. It's about point and counterpoint. Remember that when Saturday Night Live used to do that with Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin? Jane, you ignorant slut. He would open up. (laughs) Point, counterpoint. Jane Curtin would stay one side and he would 
Dan Aykroyd would open up, calling her an ignorant slut. And we had that that show on CNN for years. What was it called? Crossfire. For there was a period where Tucker, Tucker Carlson, who's now a talking head on Fox, a terrible terrible, he's turned he's turned into such a scumbag, where he was actually an interesting view from the right on Crossfire. I remember he stepped in there, took over for Pat Buchanan, I think, or maybe the maybe the. The, the, the guy that came between Buchanan and Carlson was Novak or something like that. But that was a good show. That used to be a good show. It was the Democrat and Republican perspectives, and they had a good disagreement with the realm for, you know, middle ground. And you, and you could get both sides. And we need to be able to get back to that. We need to get back to the idea of journalism being objective, multiple perspectives, and both of them presented to the American people. But, of course, we can't get there until we do away with the extremists on the right who are just liars and crazy people. And they're propagating falsehoods on the regular. And they're making enormous mistakes and decisions that are despicable. Like shutting off funding to the World Health Organization during a pandemic. I mean, you couldn't. You, you look, he's coming under world condemnation, Trump is, for, for that move. And rightfully rightfully so. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Everyone made some mistakes, but you, Mr. President, made the most of all because you live in the country with the greatest number of cases and the greatest number of deaths. And you were saying it was going to go away. And look at you now. So you can't point the finger at the WHO or at China or anywhere else before. You can point it. They, they deserve some blame, but... First, you got to look in the mirror and point it really strong at yourself, Mr. President, because we got statements from you in February. You plastered them all over Twitter. You made them in front of the media. And look at you now. Look at this country now. There's no way out of that mess, Mr. President. Stopping funding to the World Health Organization in order to shift the blame? Pathetic. Pathetic. And everybody knows it. Everybody in the world knows it. And not only that, but stopping funding to the World Health Organization during an ongoing pandemic. Immoral. Immoral. So at the end of the day, there is no choice for objectivity right now. There is no room for objectivity right now. But I, my concern and the point of the podcast was, well, you know, I, I, look, I, I'm glad that I had an opportunity to speak to the credibility of journalism in America still. I'm glad that I made the podcast primarily uh, further support for the media, which I believe in still. But the purpose for the podcast was to say, please be careful, dear media journalists and Americans. We want objective truth, and that's the priority. Trump doesn't. Trump wants lies. He wants everything pro him. That's his mental state. Let's not become the opposite. He's pushed us into that corner. And made us have to behave that way to survive. But let's, when he's gone and this is over, hopefully, I'm hopeful that the country can try, and I'm talking about the right here too, to work to come together more. You know, as they say in the Senate, to cross the aisle, you know, to go across the aisle and make deals that benefit both sides and to recognize that we are all Americans. And all of us have one common goal, which is the betterment of the nation and all of its citizens. And one nation under God with liberty 
and justice for all. And I want us to remember those words and to remember those principles, not only in how we live our daily lives, but in how we report the news and how we present things via journalism, whether it be on a television network, the internet, or in print. So just keep those things in mind, both as American citizens and as you watch and read the news in the coming days. I hope that we can get, once we get this man and his crazy supporters behind us, hopefully we can win them back into a mindset of more consistency in the ability to have disagreements where we reach resolutions. Politics is the art of compromise, not the art of winning, not the art of defeating the other side. Politics are not the art of labeling and judging. Politics are the art of compromise. If you've gone into the field of politics, it's because you purportedly have a skill of bringing together a diverse group of people under one common cause and to reach a a resolution that benefits everybody to some extent and does the best for the whole. In a democracy, that's what politics are. The betterment of everyone, especially the majority, but everyone, for the sake of everyone, all citizens have a voice. And if you're in politics, you should be into resolving disputes, having disputes, allowing disputes for the purposes of resolving them so that all parties can shake hands, I mean bow and say namaste, and move forward to the next issue. Resolution is politics. Facts and truth is journalism. Let's remember that going forward. Let's strive for more of that going forward. I love you. Yabba da boop